Hello and welcome to the Born Together podcast. I'm Techie Quay and I hope you enjoy tuning into this contemporary archive of stories on the subject of mother and parenthood. I believe in the connective power of this experience, whether it be that someone's story reflects our own or gives us the opportunity to learn and see something new. I hope that this podcast taps into the power of shared stories and that it may become a portable community for you wherever you are, illustrating the many ways we become parents and families, the lives that we live and the journey we make to find ourselves within it all. Thank you for coming on this journey with me and let's jump into the show. Get ready. In this week's episode, I have the fortune to be talking with Lacey Haynes and unpacking the often unexplored power of the feminine essence, our creativity and sexuality. Lacey unpacks her sacred triangle theory. We talk about the lasting power of language, how our children help us to find the way, defining a new feminine and the power of the erotic to help elevate every single aspect within our lives. My curious mind has been drawn to this subject, one of power and sexuality and as humans identifying with the feminine essence. And it was such a treat to get to capture and share with Lacey, whose school of whole is centred on these ideas and so much more. Enjoy all that's here in today's episode. Here we go. Lacey, hi. Thank you for coming and joining me on the podcast. It's such a pleasure to be here and to see your face and to be doing this together. Yes, I'm so thrilled because I think before off air, we were talking about how I'm coming into this new journey or this new, I guess, self quest of discovery. And then I've stumbled upon you and I'm so excited for all that we're going to talk about and share. Would you mind introducing yourself, I guess, to the listeners, a bit about you and your family to kick us off? Definitely. So hello, everyone. My name is Lacey Haynes. A bit of background. Well, I'm a mother of two. I'm living in the English countryside, but you can tell from my accent that I'm not English. I come from Canada and my husband is Australian and this we've made this, this our middle ground in the world. And I teach... I teach people, I teach couples, I teach feminine and masculine essence people, men and women, all about sex, sexuality, and coming to ourselves through this part of our lives and through our bodies. I run a program called School of Whole. I yeah, teach students all over the world. And yeah, I think that's a that's a good little that's a good little snippet. Oh, it's a good intro, a little peephole into your life. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you come into this work? I'm guessing it was part of your journey through motherhood, what I understand is and that's how you came to really focus on the power of the sexual and the erotic as a result of that journey, which we don't always associate as being one that is one that can be sexual or erotic or fulfilled in that sense. Totally. So when we picture becoming mothers, we usually picture like the end of our sex life, the end of any any <laughs> you know any desire for for sex or intimacy. And my experience has been kind of the opposite, but not this hasn't been like a an occurrence like oh surprise, it's been through the through the lens of a lot of self-work. So to give you a bit of a backstory, I you know, I began my journey of, of self-discovery, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Every time I say 10 years ago in my life, I realize I've been saying 10 years for like five ten years. years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I need to update that, but I haven't done the math. So many years ago, I began yoga and meditation as my entry point into connecting with my body. 
And I realized at that time that I, I didn't really have a relationship with my body in a way that felt deep and fulfilling. And so I became a yoga teacher, um, a yoga lifestyle coach, a meditation teacher, then a pregnancy, conscious pregnancy coach, and all of these things really connecting me into my body, into the feminine, into movement, into what it means to feel and be present. And then many years later, I started the journey of becoming a mother. And what that looked like for me was like thinking about becoming a mother. And as a good feminist, so I did an undergrad in gender and women's studies and, and English and English studies. And I was like, oh, I actually don't value motherhood at all because I've been thinking that I wanted to be the same as men and the masculine. And so I disavowed motherhood as this kind of trivial kind of shitty thing that you did. And you took a break from like the important parts of your life. And then you can get back on track. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a really damaging idea narrative. I have in my mind and narrative. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to shape shift that. And so I started to really think about that before getting pregnant and, you know, asking friends and looking into it for myself. And and then through that journey, I came in touch with my body in a new way. And I started to understand, you know, my cycle and my sexual body and the space between my legs and my womb and all of these things that I'd been so disconnected from and thought I was connected to, you know, especially yeah. because I'd like had this kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm I did a- yoga. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know my body. Yeah. I know my body. And like, I'm a good, I'm a good, like, I'm a good, you know, feminist woman. So, and then I was like, oh. And you've done I- the studies, you're ticking all the boxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it was pretty mind blowing and really emotional and painful, but ultimately really illuminating because I completely changed my relationship to sex and sexuality and myself and realized that actually, hey, motherhood could can be an entry point into into good sex and into feeling like a sexual person. So not just about having sex with other people, but about just being a sexual human being, which means being connected to your creativity, your pleasure, your sense of like power. So that's, yeah, that's been, you know, that's been really my entry point. And then, and then being like, oh my God, I have to share this with every single person who wants to learn about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it turns out there's a lot of us out there. (laughs) One of the things I think that's so important about discovering, and like you said, it's not just, it's not about sex in a way, it's about pleasure and that energy and that power. And sort of once you can tap into that within yourself, you understand this new source of joy and you ask for more from every aspect of your life does that sound in line with how you view things to be yes I'm nodding my head vigorously right now I I think you know that's really how I I, how I tell people people come to me often through the lens of sexuality you know they're like okay I'm disconnected I want to I want to you know have better sex with my partner I want to heal this trauma in my life and then I'm like okay great and you know what that the offshoot is going to be is every other part of your life will be elevated. You'll ask more, as you say, from your career, you'll want your life to be in alignment with your values. Because I really believe that this entry point is actually like so foundational that it has the capacity to just kind of explode open every other facet. And so that's why I use this as the entry point, because for years, I used other things, you know, I used yoga, I used meditation, I used silence, I used stillness. And that gets to a layer. Um, but this layer is even deeper. This is like, this is the kind of the, this is the shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
And with you, maybe Lacey, like to unpack a little bit about your sacred triangle theory. Is that something to talk about as well yeah. in relation to the chakra and your reproductive systems? And I guess you hold that as being the center for your sexuality and pleasure. Yeah. Okay. So you've got like a full inside track because you've just done my master class. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like you're like totally primed with all this stuff. So sacred triangle theory is. It's an idea of anchoring in a new part of your body. And it's an idea that if you kind of anchor your energy and your focus into your sexual and creative center. So if we kind of take a step back and we see this as kind of like the space between your legs, your womb, and this can be big W for like just the energy of the womb, or it can be small W for the anatomical. So there's space for inclusivity here. There's space for, for people to come along on this journey. But if we, if we really start to align ourselves to this part of our bodies and our, our spirits, it gives us more potency to experience pleasure and tap into our authentic creative selves. And what I mean when I say that is a deep inner voice inside of you that knows, like there's a part of you that knows already what you want to do, what you want to make, who you are. But probably you have experienced conditioning from the culture that you're in. And if you're in the same culture as me, you know what I'm talking about. It's that your mind is the master. It dictates everything and you follow your ideas. You follow what's happening in this part of your body. And it means that you undermine, you disassociate from this intuitive, deeper wisdom. And what we want is we want to realign with that or meet it for the first time anew so that we can discover we can discover who we truly are like without this kind of framework that takes us out of ourselves so in a nutshell that's kind of that's what sacred triangle theory is it's realigning to a part of yourself and unlocking all that it has in terms of pleasure creativity direction purpose intuition etc cetera, etc cetera. And Lacey, for your first pregnancy, it sounds like that was the catalyst for this discovery, talking about your first pregnancy in comparison to your second when you'd really delve deeper. Was there a noticeable shift within yourself and the way you were able to hold your power within that experience? Mm, yeah. So my first pregnancy was definitely like the unpacking. And it's so cool because I see this in my children, like my first child, my daughter, who's almost four now, she is the embodiment of this energy. She's the most sensual, you know, like connected to her full body, um, feminine, like she is the epitome of that. Whereas my second, who's almost seven months now, he is this more solid, clear mountain energy. His name's Rocky. So he's got that like mountain energy, which was the exact energies that they were kind of delivering to me through their, through, through their gestation. But yeah, she, when I was pregnant with Fox, I mean, I was coming into this part of myself, but you know, you're the first one, you're also like, everything what's going on <laughs> what is going on <laughs> what is this whole situation you know and both of my children were free births which has like an added layer of you know having to hold the space yourself entirely for the birth and that has you know has its own sweetnesses and, and own pain so having done it the first time yeah I definitely definitely like led the way for more ease in some regards for the second one but they always, they always bring their own challenges and healings, don't they? Like, even if you know what's up, even if you know what's going on, <laughs> you're still like, you're still gifted different things that you have to unpack. 
And I think it's an interesting thing because being a birth keeper, I know I talk about the connectivity between your mouth and I guess when you're giving birth and relaxing your mouth and how that then feeds into relaxing like your uterus and your vagina and being able to give birth. And it's really exciting to hear how you've unpacked that as well and that connection between the two and the way that you talk about it, that our voices have been marginalized, minimized, almost shut down due to, I guess, the inaccessibility of our sexuality. And so I think it's quite interesting, like anatomically, God, I can't say that word. (laughs) Anatomically, everyone, it is Saturday morning and we are mothers. Uh, (laughs) We rushed our kids out of the house. We've been through a whole week. (laughs) (laughs) There's that connection in the physical as well as all these other layers, I think is really cool to be unpacking and Another thing I really like is you talk about the importance of language. And I think that is so important in giving ourselves greater language to describe these experiences, to talk about these things with a greater richness. So to identify within ourselves as well as communicating with others. Yes, this this connection that you're talking about and of like in birth, how you unlock your capacity to birth through the expression of your voice, through, you know, releasing your jaw, releasing your throat, letting it flow, and then how you can carry that into the rest of your life. So I've noticed through my own sexual explorations that the more I can expand, like my sexual body, and you can connect to your your vulva, your vaginal canal, your cervix, and, and really like start to release, ex, you know, the experience disconnect, whether that's trauma or just situations in your life that have kept you tight and closed off, the more that you can connect there to this part, the more the voice starts to free itself. And it kind of has this direct mirror effect up into the throat. So I teach a a workshop as part of my program, School of Whole, called Speak Up. And it's like, how can you do this in your life? Like, how can you let your sexual energy flow in order to actually say what you mean, speak up, communicate clearly? Like, There's just so much possibility. It's incredible just to think of how, I don't know, I guess it's that cycle that keeps coming back and they're so interlinked. And I think for me, it's been such an interesting thing where it took coming to my 30s to start discovering really about my body, about these muscles that I hold, about the capacity that I have to grow and birth a baby. And I realized my journey isn't done yet because there's still so much more. (laughs) And I think to educate ourselves, and I do talk about this a lot as well, that intergenerational trauma, talking about this and begin to heal for ourselves as parents, we're lightening the load for our children later on as well. Oh, for sure. And I mean, there are so many different layers to this, right? Because we have the the feminine and female. And then as we were speaking out before, about before we have the racial, we have, so then depending on who you are, you have a different layered process, which is inside of your cells. Like we don't just arrive here with like our ancestors, like features on our faces and our, like our, the same legs or whatever. We, we arrive here with the experiences of our people. And then we get the opportunity to start understanding that through our own personal work into our bodies. And that's painful and, and has, you know, added pain for different cultures and different racial experiences. So we have to hold space for that and recognize it. And then personally in our own lives, be like, okay, how can I be supported to do this work for myself, for my people, for my children? You know, it's, it's massive. 
It's passive. Something that's probably in the past sounded quite woo, you know, like, oh, okay, cool. Like we arrive here and as if like what happened 100 years ago, 20 years ago to our parents can impact us. But it's even like there's branches of science now looking into this. It's actually something that is going to be unpacked in a bigger and bigger way as we evolve and our children evolve. And I'm so excited for this. Oh, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm thank, goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. And like you were saying before, you know, when you birth a, a girl child into this world, she comes with all of the eggs that she will yeah. have to create her children. So how is it, how, how could we ever doubt that the experiences that I had while carrying Fox, for example, that will imprint in her cells aren't also imprinting in the eggs of her like unborn children. Like, of course, it just makes sense in the same way that like, you know, you develop a muscle memory reflex in your body to trauma, you know, say you had an injury from sport and then you go to do that sport again and your, your shoulder starts to flare up and you remember, you know, it's all there inside of us all the time. And no wonder it's, it's challenging to, to be a woman and then more challenging to be a black woman and to have these layered experiences. Like it's just true. We can't deny it. Yeah. <laughs> like, period. <laughs> it's just true. Uh, it's something too I've re- been reflecting in preparation for this discussion this week a lot about, I guess, the power of the sexual or I guess some people say like the erotic and that energy and about it being a really female energy and existing on that exists within all of us, but it is on that female level. It is on that female plane within all of us that it exists. And I guess it's maybe something to unpack a little bit as well about the way it has our sexuality as women has been suppressed. It's not a mistake that we've ended up disconnected from our sexuality. Like there is a long history of it being suppressed and women's power being suppressed. And it's for a certain purpose. And our sexuality, it's been in the service of the male you know it hasn't been in service of ourselves and so coming to return back to that and holding on to our own rediscovering redefining I think you use the term the new feminine so like this I love this I'm just nodding um, for everything that you're saying right now because we have this Okay, so we have we have we have layers, right? We have we have women, we have the feminine essence. So that's the energy of the feminine that we all embody inside of us, regardless of how we identify. And then if you identify more with the feminine, then that's your primary essence. And the essence of the feminine has been oppressed through the ages. And it's also been pivoted to be in service of the masculine. So if we look at this through the lens of sexuality, we've been performing, we've been showing up for the other instead of showing up for ourselves and and understanding what that means. So sexually empowered women, feminine essence people, but predominantly women have been have been feared because the power inherent there is just, it's the power that will save this planet from the destruction of all of the imbalances that are currently at play. And so we have what happens through the rising of the feminine is we have more empowered women and we have women who understand how to birth and their power. So then we kind of deconstruct a whole external system that has been created to take away the birthing woman's power to place it in the hands of somebody else. So there are so many systems that rely on women being out of their power. And the sexual element of this I mean, we see this reflected in, you know, in in religion and in, in so many facets that, you know, just beg to be unpacked. But the sexually empowered woman is just she's a boss. 
you know, (laughs) (laughs) something to behold. (laughs) And like, and you feel it in yourself because when you stop performing and you start embodying this for yourself. So it's like, I'll give an example. It was, I think it was just after, you know, in the months after Fox was born, I could be totally wrong here, but I remember putting on music and Flynn was on the couch and I was dancing and he was watching me and we, and we both noticed and talked about it afterwards that I wasn't dancing for him. I was dancing for myself and he was watching. He got to bear witness to that. And he said that it was the most powerful thing he'd ever seen because I wasn't doing it for him. I was doing it for myself. And it was almost like he got to, he got to enjoy like the saucer was full and then it was overflowing. You know, the cup was yeah, full, the cup was full. and yeah. <laughs> all of that, but everything else was for me. And that, that is like the symbol of the like sexually lit empowered woman who is doing life for herself because everyone else just gets to bask and enjoy it and witness it. It's not for anyone else, but everyone yeah. else benefits. I think that's so important to understand as well on this journey. We don't have that freedom of self-expression, of self-definition, of tapping into our own power. Because when you're catering to everyone else, it's hard, you know, it's hard. And because there isn't this language, there isn't the blueprint or the framework, if you're someone who's on this journey, and I think we all are, whether or not we realize it or not, because you talk about it, lots of people talk about it, when we suppress this power within ourselves it's going to find another way out it's going to manifest in other ways and I think it's so important as birthing people as parents as mothers that we start realizing how interconnected all of this is and it's I think it's interesting to I guess talk to you because it's been through the process of becoming a mother that you've tapped into this and I think it's maybe important as well maybe you'd like to touch on the fact it's not like you just woke up one day and realized this, you know, I mean, this sounds like it's a lot of work and it's continuous. I don't imagine you're done. <laughs> no. I used to have this, this desire that I would just like wake up enlightened and be done. That was like the end. Yeah. Of yoga. <laughs> I was like, cool, I'll do yoga for a year, be enlightened, life will Tick. be great, <laughs> done. <laughs> and, and you're so right, Techie. It's this, it's, it's a journey and it's like a commitment for life. Like I don't ever anticipate that this work, this is my work, you know, like this is my life. It's my work with myself, my work with people. This is what I'm committed to. And one of the point, one of the biggest things for me that happened in the beginning when I was preparing to give birth is I realized I had no cultivated relationship with this space between my legs. So you can say vulva, vagina, pussy, whatever. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have a child. I want my body to open up, release, do its do its natural, you know, crescendo event. But yet I like how I'm very disconnected. And so I started looking between my legs and I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Have you been there the whole time? <laughs> Who are you? You know, and then I had to like face like my ideals on feminine beauty because it was completely the opposite of what I thought was beautiful. Like it was this like, you know, wild landscape of colors and shapes and textures. And I was like, this is completely the opposite of what I think is beautiful and acceptable to be. And so then I had to unpack that. And I, and it was, it was like painful and empowering and destabilizing and, and ultimately like, it birthed me Amen. like yeah. everything like it birthed me through myself because now 
so so much of what I teach. So I have this school, school of whole, is that we are whole. We are whole in we believe that we're contradictions, that there are parts of us that we can kind of parse out and separate and just choose to bring forward because of what's acceptable. But we have to connect to every part. We have to bring it all forward. Like whatever keeps us separated, like so many of my students that come to me, you know, it's almost like there's this line down the center of the body that an energetic line that we're kind of disconnected from our wombs, our vulvas, our creativity, the the sacred triangle, you know, like this part of ourselves and there's numbness, there's disconnect, there's shame, so much shame, there's trauma experienced, witnessed, embodied. And, and this is begging us, like if we want to move into the, the next layer of who we are, our consciousness, our evolution, and it, it takes it out of this idea that it's, it's far-fetched or it's woo-woo, because it's just like, it's just like I said earlier, it's just true. Like to move into this part of you, I mean, you know, to move into this part of you, it, it just gives you, it gives you a deeper, deeper understanding of who you are and a, and a more dynamic expression of your whole self. And I guess that in terms of motherhood has just enabled you to bring so much more. Yeah. Heck yeah. To my family. I mean, I used to, I used to hate this quote. And I remember it was like such a, um, I don't know, like happy, happy wife, happy life. I remember someone saying that when I was young and I was like, that is gross. Like, you know, because it's in a derogatory way, like oh, happy, happy wife, happy life, like keep her happy. And I was like, oh, so dumb. But now I understand because the feminine is the supporter of all. Hello, Mother Earth. Like she is not happy. We are having to deal with that as a species. All of the other species are dealing with that because we have messed her up. And this is what's also happened to women. Women have been messed up. And if we can be, if we can rise and we can come into full power, then everybody else, happy life, happy life. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden you're like, oh, actually, I'm going to get that printed and stick oh it on my wall. Right. <laughs> should wear that on their shirts. Um, because <laughs> It is. It's this it's this idea that the and this isn't about a matriarchy. I'm not like like let's just take down the patriarchy and replace it. I'm instead let's saying like let's shift and 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 you know understand the power inherent in, in each energy and then allow each energy to rise in its in its abilities. I think it's interesting you saying coming into pregnancy and suddenly realizing that you have something between your legs and you've been very disconnected. And I think that's probably quite an intense moment to discover because you're about to have a baby come out of there. And I guess that's something as well. I know I really battled a lot with the idea of, okay, I'm going to give birth. And so my like vagina is probably going to be ruined. Like I'm probably going to tear and then that's over. And then I probably don't want to breastfeed because I want to keep my boobs for myself. And it's just, it was such an interesting thing of seeing, I guess, becoming a mother is a way of minimizing who I was and disconnecting from the sexual. And I think it's the conditioning that you talk about. It's the conditioning. And I even think, I know in your course, you mentioned about thinking about what do you call the space between your legs? And I thought, oh my God, this is probably one of the biggest questions ever <laughs> because it's so monumental. And I was going through words and I was like, so many words to do with that part of a woman's anatomy. The the things that you hold towards them are negative, they're derogatory, they're dirty. How do we then transcend that? How do we reclaim? Do we establish new words for ourselves? 
and everyone's going to be on their own adventures. You know, it's going to be different for every single person, but it's an interesting thing on the cusp of motherhood, realizing all of this is coming. (laughs) Yes. And there's so much there. So we have language. I mean, is it, you know, this thing, it's like, does it exist before it has a word for it? You know, like language matters so much. Like we, do we, do we create our reality through language or does reality already exist because of it? You know, so we (laughs) recognize that words have so much power. And one of my spiritual teachers, I never expected that he would say this, but he was like, words are one of the most powerful vibrational essences because they, they, it goes, what you, when you speak, it, it goes, it just keeps going, the energy of that. And it also re- vibrates into the, I was say the vibrations. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, most women, you know, just try it. Be like, oh, tell me about your vagina. Or like, what, what word do you use to speak? You know, if you ask your mom or like, if you had to say like, oh, if you had to tell someone like, oh, you know, my, you know, I, I you can go to the doctor and you're like, oh, my, uh, my vagina, my vulva, like not many people can just be like, oh yeah, my vagina, you know, just saying it. There's always that kind of stutter because so many of the words are packed with shame, uncertainty. Shame. It's just the shame, word. shame, like so much. Like, and that is the shame of the body part. And then the shame of having the body of the female, you know, like it's so deeply ingrained because it's not just about the body part. It's not just about the word. It's about actually embodying this and being this person. And that is so monumental and so like, how can that not change how you view yourself when you realize you can't even speak about the biological body body part that gives you your identity, you know, in, in terms of like sex, sex and, you know, gender as well. So it's, it's huge. And then, and then we, you know, and then we come to that through pregnancy, you know, like coming to that at that moment. And that's why I'm just like, it's great. Start this work wherever you are, whether you've had your kids already, whether you're, you're pregnant with them now, whether you're so far off from becoming a mother, because this 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 work will elevate all parts of your life, regardless of whether you're you know about to have a child or wherever you are on your journey. But as you said, you know, coming to that for me, like you know, as I was preparing to free birth, <laughs> and I'm there, and I'm like, oh oh, just the layers of like oh my God, like I don't have this relationship with my body. Now I have to hold space for my own birth. Yeah, it was, it was huge. It was huge. And there, there weren't any blueprints. There was no one to be like, this is what you do. Step one, two, three. <laughs> I it out for myself. So I've tried to help other people by creating program, a program to actually, you know, guide people through this because it was hard. It was hard. And I have to ask, did you, and maybe it's hard to know, like looking back, do you think you decided to free birth because of this new journey you were on or was it sort of the catalyst like hey maybe I'd like to free birth what does this all mean Mm. yeah it felt it felt like a ladder like every time I took a step into my power I kind of wanted to challenge the systems around me that didn't hold my power as their central axis so when I started to engage with you know kind of the technocratic approach to birth and pregnancy, I was really excited and it wasn't reflected back to me. And so I kept trying. I was like, oh, I'll try to this entry point. And maybe this, you know, the community midwives are better, will be better. And maybe this will be better. But it never was. It, it never was. It never gave me what I wanted. And what I, all I wanted was quite simple. I just wanted to be valued. I wanted to feel like feel like I was powerful and and I could do this, that people believed and that it that and, and it didn't feel like that was reflected back at me. And I couldn't I just at that point in my life, I was just, 
I didn't anticipate that I would free birth. Like that wasn't my plan when I got pregnant. I was like, woo, let's do this. Um, it just felt like the only thing I could do that was actually in alignment with my values. And that was so important to me. I was like, I need this to be a reflection of what I know and believe to be true. And this system doesn't support that. So I have to pull myself back and find my own path. And I did. And that's what I did. And it it doesn't make me an advocate for free birth. I'm not like, everybody, let's do this. But what I do advocate for is like critical thinking and understanding who you are and what you want and who you want in your life to support you during this very precious time that has the power to gift you a new element of yourself instead of taking it away. Mm. You mentioned about um, like holding your power as the center of the experience. And I think that's for me, that's sovereignty, that's birthing sovereignty. And again, coming back to language, I find it's quite interesting in this country, we don't say that word very often. And I don't know if it's maybe because of the associations with the sovereign and the history of that, but that's self-sovereignty and birthing sovereignty. And you're, you're the one who holds the power and the system operates around that rather than even autonomy isn't the same. You know, autonomy is someone allowing you the power it's you holding on to that yourself oh that's so wise I love that so much and I love even just the way that your hands just move then to show like you as the center and then everything else moving around you and that's <laughs> sorry and that's, listeners you can't see that <laughs> but I, just, I just want to, to let everyone know what it looks like because I, I I really felt that when you just did that with your hands and it's and it's what I think I think that we're taught that we can't do things by ourselves and that we need help. And what underlies this is a belief that we're broken and that we're not capable or that we wouldn't know how. And I love my students and the people that I work with to really explore that narrative. Like what what makes you not capable of doing what your body is biologically designed to do? And maybe it maybe there are interferences, maybe your lifestyle, maybe your beliefs, maybe the trauma hidden inside of your bones does keep you in a way. And that's real. You know, like that's not, not, that's not, not real. It's there. And so what we then need to do is go, okay, actually one of the biggest things that's keeping me from feeling like I can, you know, have a vaginal birth, for example, is, you know, that, that my vagina is going to tear and I'm going to break. And, and it's like, okay, cool. Let's look at this. Like, what makes you think that? Like, and then really just going into the center of fear. I remember coaching someone and she didn't want to say her fears out loud because she thought that it would make them true. And I was like, I feel you. I hear that. But we need, we need to get them out of your body. We need to do it through movement, through speech, through expression. Because if they're hiding inside of there, then they're getting strong. They have potency. They have power over you. And I was never fearless in the face of my births. Never. I, I worked through my fears every day all the time, but I wasn't afraid to look right at them. And I wasn't afraid to go, I see you. You're the fear that I'm going to die. You're the fear I'm going to kill my children. You're the fear that everyone will ridicule and shame you for this decision and that you were just another irresponsible woman who thought she could do it on her own. And instead of like letting that stay inside of me, I would speak that shit. I would write it down. I would tell the people in my life who supported me because I, especially knowing that you have proper support, like, you know, I made sure that I didn't talk about, talk about my my birth plans with anyone except for like two or three people. And those were the people I knew who could reflect it back to me instead of telling me their fears, instead of being like, you're right, you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to kill everyone. You know? and it's like, I needed people to be like, okay, to actually hold space, to be a mirror, to be an elevator of my power. So those are such 
massive things that I recommend to everyone listening to really unpack wherever you are on your journey. You know, if you're pregnant, if you're, if you're giving birth, if you're a mother, or if you're none of those things and you're simply on the healing path, like who can help support you instead of giving you their shit to deal with? That's so true. That's probably not something we say enough. Like you actually don't need to share with everyone. Like you know the people you can go to who are going to hold this space for you. And it doesn't mean that they're not going to say, you know what? Yes, let's acknowledge this fear because that's real. That's what you want. You know, you want someone to stand with you and say, I'm with you on this. This is real. Let's face it together. I guess that's the person you need to go to. And probably in this life that we live, I mean, the community is so small. And I mean, that's such a massive consequence. And I mean, it's amazing that I know in my own experience, I can start a life somewhere else in the world, but then your community is a lot smaller. For me, I've been so fortunate in that becoming a mother has opened up that community to me. And I think it's such a cool journey because you just don't know what's going to happen. (laughs) You don't know what's around the corner. No. And all of these all of these decisions that you make when you're, you know, thinking about becoming a mom or when you're pregnant, it's so extraordinary because they in the moment they they're the micro but actually they're the macro mm. because they are a reflection of how you you know how, of your experience and journey as a mother. So I remember being like, "Oh, this is one of my first lessons of letting go of control." Like very early on in my pregnancy, I was like, "This is what I'm going to have to actually use." Like the things you want to be later, we need to embody now. So if you want to like be able to let go and fully open up, I teach as well, you know, like using your sexual practice to prepare for birth like can you fully let go can you allow yourself to be seen in your most intimate and raw in your like unfolding in your primal in your noises like we need to be doing that now instead of being like okay when I get here I'm gonna be chill I'm gonna be present I'm gonna be connected <laughs> that's like but right now I am a mess I am so anxious and it's like there's room for all of it but what we want to do we want to just do it all now commit to it now start embodying it now do it now absolutely and that's so true coming to the birth however that unfolds for you as well as the parenting journey that's going to be forever and I think for me I had a very different birth experience than the one I had hoped for and worked Mm -hmm. towards but it was such an awakening and I think it really pushed me to move beyond I guess personally I feel like a lot of the anxieties I had they were more of the maiden you know and it pushed me into becoming the woman the the mother into a different kind of sphere and I was able to then look back on the experience and take these lessons Um, and I think in my life so often the world is trying or the universe is trying to communicate these lessons to me and I'm not listening (laughs) I'm not listening and it takes again and again and I think for me that step into motherhood definitely it just shook everything up like it it was so loud I couldn't dismiss what I was hearing I guess is how I view that experience Mm, yeah when what do you like what do you see as the biggest things that you're like holding right now that you've learned that have that are that are coming through again and again I think for me it was the letting go it was letting go and I think looking back at my time before becoming a mother, I was so lost. And I was so lost because I was holding on to something so hard. And I think it's interesting when we talk about the suppression of our power and how that goes inside of us and manifests. And I think for me, I felt like I had all of this love to give. And I'd sort of like you, you know, I'd done my master's and I ticked off all the boxes and I wasn't being able to have the work that I wanted. 
And it felt like I wasn't able to find another way to release it. And so it went really internal and it manifested in depression within me. And I don't think that's an uncommon thing. Again, I've been really lucky to talk to lots of different parents. And I think for me and for a lot of other people, crossing over into motherhood or parenthood showed us that it's okay. It's not a failing to just let go. Oh, I think we need that on a t-shirt, that one. It's not a feeling to just let go because we're taught, you know, the word surrender has such negative connotations. Yes. But like if you just hold your hand and you like open it up, this like release of surrender and how much like space there is in your palm and how the muscles release and and like in this letting go, it's it's that we're not trying to control things anymore and have things bend to our will, the expectation that we had. And instead you allow And that doesn't mean that you're not also doing the work to achieve what you want or to, you know, you can still have the birth desire. You can work towards that through your healing and through the things that you're exploring. And at the same time, like you hold your hand open and you say, okay, like so many people have asked me, like, where, you know, like you were going to free birth and you're just going to do it. And it's like, this isn't a, this isn't a, a goal. This is a, this is a way of living. And I am open to the experience unfolding as it sees fit, but I will continuously point my compass in the direction that I want to go. And I will not believe that it won't, you know, I had so many people say to me and in desire to protect me, like, oh, great, Lacey, it's, you know, it's good to, it's good to, you know, want what you want, but be prepared for it to not go as planned. And it's like, that comes from such a place of fear and also a desire to protect because you don't want to want, you don't want to want something so badly and then it doesn't happen. But I like to reframe that. It's like, want what you want, work towards it, point your compass and then open your hands and be like, and I accept whatever comes my way. You know, it's just like, it just takes that has ever happened in my life. And it's usually very unexpected or it is something that I truly wanted, like with such true intention, it has come to me because I have surrendered, because I have given 100% of my all and then sort of said it's out of my control now. Like I'm going to keep working towards this, but I can't hold on to this and push it through, you know. It's okay. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah. So beautiful. And like I can feel that energy emanating from you even when you say it and the energy is actually one of so much wisdom and power you know like that's it is it's like it is it's this expansive energy because when it's like I don't know I just really I just really saw that in you because there's just yeah I just feel it (laughs) it. Uh, I've been doing a bit of and this is the thing I think also I I feel somehow um, it's brought me back to things I had known a long time ago. And I think like you talk about your daughter and how she's just intuitively this sensual being. And I think as I have gotten older, it's funny because I think in some ways I've learned more, but I've also forgotten more, you know, I've, I've moved forward, but also a lot of the time moved away from who I knew to who I knew I was, who that central person within me, that mm-hmm. energy. And it's been a really nice coming back. And I think to becoming a mother has been the catalyst to do the work, not just for me, but for my daughter as well. It's it's forcing me to hold this space and to be curious again and to dream, you know, mm-hmm. to tap into that and 
I think especially living in London and just the way my life has gone, it's so easy to forget about those things, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's the busyness and it's all these messages that the world will continue to put upon us. And it's just taking that time and space. And it's so hard. And I mean, it's not like I sit there meditating and I haven't done yoga since I had Ava, but it's just minutes of the day where even just looking at her and just sort of thinking things that I haven't been visiting for a long time. Yeah, I'm really enjoying that aspect of being a mom. Oh, and the and the wholeness, like the way that you, you describe that, it's like the person that you came here as and then the conditioning and the way that you've been shaped, it's like now it's not a process of adding anything else in, is it? It's just this stripping away, mm. just removing the layers to get you to the core, this beautiful core of who you are, who we all are, you know? And I think that's who we all want to be. You know, we want to be ourselves. And then we're like, but who am I? And, it's, and that's a hard question because so many of the things we think we are, are actually storylines, mindsets, perspectives, ways of being that A, don't serve us, and B, were never ours to begin with. We were yeah. given them. Someone taught us that idea, and then we took it We took it as gold, and we were like, okay, yeah, this is the way to be in the world. This is how I work. I go to this job. I do this thing, and then this is my free time, and this is how I you know, relate to my body. This is how I dance so I don't look too sexual, but I am <laughs> sexual. I don't think I'm too sexual, and I'm you know, only in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> And this and that, and it's like, and none of that is a reflection of the truth. And the truth, mm. you know, tr tr truth is a is a is a is a slippery fish, right? Because our truth can change. Like we can believe something to be true, That's and then it, it can morph. It's not static. It's not static. Yeah. Um, but there is a true essence of who you are, each of us, you know. And and it's pure, and it's joyful, and it's abundant. Um, yeah, it's just so entirely you, and that's and that's what we all want. That's what we're all here to do, is to be ourselves. Yeah. And I think it's so, it's so joyous seeing our little people and just the, the purity of their, their little souls and their selves. And it just makes me laugh so much because they haven't been conditioned. And I mean, it's, it's terrifying to think every day they're imbuing these messages from the world and their values, you know, how they are valuing themselves is determined by others because that's how we've been taught. And it's about, like you said, stripping back and helping them to navigate the path of holding their own selves through each of the different seasons. I know you've talked about seasons. I think one of the biggest things that helped me through my motherhood was knowing that every aspect of motherhood, the good and the bad is a season. And I think that helps you through the bad times and helps you to really cherish when things are good as well, because none of it will last as it is now. It's mm. going to transform. Yeah, I think that's been for me one of the the greatest surprises of becoming a mother. You know, I think like what you said at the start, where I thought, oh, okay, I guess I'll have this child. And I mean, I still have all these things I want to do with my life. And I guess they'll just come with me to those. And then I'll get back on my track. And actually, it's so funny, all the work I'm doing now, I never would have guessed this would have been my journey. No, we think children will get in the way. And then they turn yeah. out they are the way. <laughs> They become the path. If you would have told me like that my work would, I would talk about pub publicly about being a mother and about sexuality and about, you know, celebrating motherhood, I would have been like, 
there's no way I, uh, you know, I will, I thought I was going to, you know, at one point I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer, you know, like these, you know, these things, you know, which don't stand in opposition, but they're not about talking about motherhood publicly. So I think when you, yeah, they become the way. And if you let it happen and it's painful, like I'm in such a challenging spot with my daughter right now because she is so expressive and noisy and doing and moving and there's a part of me that wants to stop it all the time because it it's it gets into my headspace when i'm trying to do it distracts me her she's the perfect representation of all i'm trying to cultivate and teach and it drives me nuts (laughs) and it's when i come into myself then i can fully hold her and see her and be like I never want this to change. But when I'm in my masculine doing analytical cerebral, she's, she's, she's like, she just rubs me the wrong way. And it's like, so it's such a painful part because I'm like, oh my God, how do I not destroy her? How do I not be the one? And like, I'm tearing up just thinking this, you know, because it's like, this is my work in the world. This is my child. And I have to make sure that I don't keep her you know, from being herself in every moment when she's like dancing her like self around the house and she's bumping into stuff. And I'm just like, oh my God, stop moving, stop doing that. I'm like, oh, wow. You know? <laughs> it's, it's monumental. And I think that's one of the, I think that's such a good reality check because maybe what we've been talking about sounds really romantic, but then there's the reality of day-to-day participating in the world and being a mother. And I think one of maybe one of the biggest things about tapping into our sexual energy is not just about what we come to do, but the the way we feel in doing them, you know, like you're talking about busy trying to work and then she's being exactly what you're trying to help others to realize. And it's when you tap back into that feminine, then you can see it's like, oh, she's actually being, she's actually feeling it not just doing it yes and she like she should be the one sitting there teaching I'm like oh yeah. I'm everyone <laughs> you be quiet stop doing that I'll teach you how to do it you know and it's, it's, yeah it's the and then it's like how do you navigate that as a person in this world right now you know being a, a mother being a professional being all the parts of yourself and it's a dance you know yes. and it's always checking in I was just thinking you know I'm I'm teaching something coming up and it's how do we make ourselves our priority? And it's like, it's not some big bucket list thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this retreat and this thing. It's like in every moment, it's like, how do I prioritize myself right now? And it's like, oh, I just take a breath and I stop. I don't need to rush into the kitchen to like get this thing for someone else. How do I prioritize right now? You know, it's like just this always, always checking in. And that requires embodiment. It requires our to be resensitized to our bodies, you know, to to really heal this numbness that keeps us just moving in like this kind of calcified way through our lives and creating just that little space for I don't know maybe it's even just a little bit of magic to come in and save that moment or that you can enter enter into that in a different way rather than being like could you just stop dancing it's like okay hang on <laughs> let's we'll breathe and then in that moment we've already taken ourselves out of that yeah, yeah and we just dance with That's her so you know fair. There's always there's always time for a dance party. <laughs> the amount of dancing that we do in this house, there's always an opportunity because it's a movement. It brings you to the present. It's like shaking off all the cobwebs and just reminding ourselves that like life is not a slog. I'm here to have fun. I'm not here to like get a whole bunch of stuff done on a to-do list. 
Like this is life. It's happening now. This is all there is. And isn't that the thing? It's working to change the narrative around our bodies and our sexuality and also to be everything at once. It's not possible. I think that there, again, has to be seasons or it's in time. You know, this might be our time and it might be, you know, five minutes. It might be a decade where we can only be so much at one particular given moment. Mm. And I think think I need to do a better job in being kinder to myself. I think that's something I'm slowly coming into more and more as a mother as well is forgiving myself. And I think it's openly apologizing to my to Ava when I'm not always the mum that I want to be with her. And it's a really nice little meditation every day or reflection. And it's like, okay, it's all right. <laughs> and I think it's so good as a mother because most of us are so fortunate to be able to try again tomorrow. Oh, I love that. I need that right now. Thank you. It's beautiful. Yeah. But thank you so much. Thank you for, I like, if you could see, I have like pages and pages <laughs> of notes. I'm like, I could talk forever. And I think I wanted to cover so much in this, but you've gifted us with so many gold nuggets, I call them, like little bits to take away. Oh, um, we can do it again. We can totally do it again. It yeah. so nice <laughs> to talk to you. <laughs> we like every night. Sorry, guys. We podcast it. I'll just have my own <laughs> And what are you working on at the moment? Yeah. So, there's a couple of ways that you can come in touch with my work, everyone who's listening. Um, I have a really special masterclass that Techie was talking about, and this is an entry point for my work, um, and she'll link to that so that you can you can join. Uh, this is where you can learn some of my practices that you can bring alive in your life right now. This is where you can, yeah, just touch deeper into this work and really understand how you can start this journey. And then in this masterclass, I'll also teach you about my program that we've mentioned a couple times, School of Whole which is um yeah quite an extraordinary deep dive into yourself in a in a in a more profound way where there's a community involved there's lots of bonuses to support you i have communication um a communication course so you can kind of explore it alongside your partner the people in your life i have another uh workshop as well that's included where we connect to the voice so there's all sorts of things it's this really well-rounded journey that uh yeah i would just love for you to learn more about and i know that if you join my masterclass, you'll 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 have actionable stuff you can do right now, and then you can decide whether you want to go even further with me. Yeah, well, it's kept my brain just buzzing all the things I took from your masterclass. So I definitely suggest people try and take a moment to tap into something that I think we said before off air, Lacey. Like more and more people are starting to talk about this, and I think there is a moment where there's all this chaos in the world, and somehow we're slowly starting to come back to the things that we used to know. And it's so amazing that there is this build, there is this revolution, there is this change in community. And we're waking up, we see it and we go, oh, because it hid something inside of us that already knows. You know, we already know, but we do benefit from having a trail, a blueprint. You know, like I said before, when I started doing this work, this has been years and years in the making. And then what I've done is I've created frameworks to actually teach people how to do this stuff so they 
they can slingshot their own journeys and they don't need to be lost in the dark being like, what do I do next? (laughs) Like I lay it out for you and I'm like, do this, do this, think about this, come to this live class, be with other people. Like there are communities doing this and we're all waking up together. And I know that we we're talking about sex. We're talking about sexuality, the body, and that can be slightly off-putting, especially with the amount of shame that we all have. But this is an entry point that will explode open all other parts of your life, your relationship with your family, your friends, your career, your purpose, what you're doing here. Like it's everything. Um, and that's what I want to teach you further is how that can really, that can really help you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm yeah, I'm so excited. I'm buzzed. (laughs) (laughs) I am too. (laughs) And Lacey, for people who want to connect with you on Instagram, your handle is very uh, lacy, very lacy. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much, Techie. What a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode come connect with me on instagram with the handle born underscore underscore together i'd love to hear from you and please do share subscribe and rate the podcast to help it get out to a wider audience i'd love if you could until next week bye